0: Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Give a round of applause for Pastor Tim Woody. Hey, that was nice, Devin. Thank you. Thank you, Dev. Son, man of God. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to punch you in the face. I guess you're my own son, so that's all right. You're not going to assume me, right? Okay, thanks. Don't assume me. I'm ready to dive into God's Word. Get your notes, get your Bibles out. We're going to have a good time. Maybe bring the lights up a little bit so if people are writing, they'll be able to to see what they're writing. I think you're going to want to write a lot of this down tonight. In fact, this is one of those messages that is, uh, that, you know, we're not live streaming tonight, but it's, we're going to have it on our podcast, it should be available by tomorrow. And this is a message where some of you will want to listen to it time and time again and mark it and save it. So uh, let's, let's dive into God's word because tonight uh, my message is called Engage. That's the name of the, the evening. It's Engage because we're going to engage the presence of God. We're going to engage the Word in just a minute, and then we're going to engage deliverance, the deliverance of God. So thank you, guys. Thank you very much for your ministry. I'll have you back up here in a few minutes. Uh, tonight's, more, tonight's actually going to be a little more of a teaching. Typically on City Life Night, I, I do some punchy preaching, but this is going to be more of a teaching. I, uh, I, I did some te- real—I preached this morning, but I want to teach you now. And I just wanna start off by, by saying we um, tonight I, I feel strong in my heart that God wants to God wants his people to be delivered. Uh, deliverance from darkness, from evil, from the devil, from you know demons, whatever you wanna whatever terminology you wanna put there. And I, I just wanna start off by saying I've seen a lot. I've experienced a lot, and I've been trained in the word as well. So I'm not coming up to you sharing this as a novice or someone who really doesn't know or hasn't experienced any of this because I've seen it and experienced it uh, in great measure. Uh, I'm not a professor who's teaching you some ideas that I got out of a book. I'm not teaching you some, some theories. I'm teaching you truth. Uh, what I am is I'm a pastor. And, I, and what a pastor does is a pastor shepherds people and leads them beside still waters and, and helps so that their souls can be restored and they can be free. And that's, that's really what I want from you. And what's what I want from God tonight. But what I have seen and experienced in my ministry, uh, when it comes to darkness, when it comes to evil, it lines directly up with the Word of God. And I've had plenty of opportunity through the years to size it up, to see it, and to, to calculate it. And and uh, I know there are some believers who are afraid of even talking about this. They're so afraid that they'll say, it just doesn't even exist. Well, that's, <laughs> actually, I, yeah, that's, that's, you know, I'm sorry, but that's not truth. Uh, you know, I've seen it, experienced it, and know this is very real. And uh, I want to say this, born-again born again Christians can most certainly be afflicted by evil spirits. Now, that could be... Uh, there are a lot of words that I use pretty much interchangeably, so I want to give you my, <laughs> my synonyms here. Because sometimes I'll use the word evil, or demons, or evil spirits, or uh, maybe the term darkness, or hell. And that really all means the same thing in my, in my vernacular. So you just kind of have to interpret what I'm saying, but it really means the same thing. Uh, but, but the thing is, darkness, demons, they drive people to do horrendous things. Uh, they have driven every one of us at one point or another, and, and it's, it's important that we talk about it. Now, I'm not the type of, you. those of you who, who know me well, you know I'm, this is not the topic of my teaching and preaching all the time, but it is something that it is very important that we talk about. Uh, in fact, last week, a um, good example of this is something that, that happened that was put out into the media, uh, which was very, very demonic in its, uh, in, in its origin and in how it played itself out. And I want to read to you a, an article which pretty much sums it up. But, of course, they're not going to take it from a spiritual perspective. They're going to take it from just a logical perspective. Many of you heard of the Atlanta shooter who was racist. And, and the truth is that that's, that's actually not the case. Uh, the media picked up on that, and, and it was something much, much, it was very, that, that's, deb- that's bad enough as it is, and it's this, just this actually something very different. Either way, it's demonic, yeah. but I want you to see the depth of how demonic it is. It says, Atlanta massage parlor suspect, 21-year-old Robert Aaron, Robert Aaron Long took full responsibility for a, a, a series of shootings on Tuesday night, officials said, because he wanted to end his Addiction. Addiction. That right there, whenever you hear addiction, you know the enemy is involved. In the string of shootings, eight people were killed, six eight, of Asian descent, and the other two victims white. Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds told reporters that Long was apparently a frequent visitor at the massage parlor, parlors prior to his shooting spree. They said the suspect has been interviewed, which indicated he has some issues. Potentially sexual addiction. He may have frequented some of these places in the past, and allegedly the gunman said that he sought to eliminate the temptation by committing these acts of violence against them. So he was trying to get rid of the assault from hell by killing people. See that? That's so. You see how it's demonic on every angle, right there. Okay. And Reynolds asked. He said, "We believe that he." uh, I've already read that part. Say, oh, you know, it says we we believe that he frequented these places in the past and maybe was lashing out. Yeah, I'd say so. But without elaborating on the details, Atlanta mayor uh, added that it appeared that Long was then on his way to a Florida uh, to, to Florida to shoot up some type of a porn industry shop before the deputies arrested him. So he was on his way to another shooting. Now that is purely demonic, just on every level. It's it's it, the, the the addiction was demonic, and then and then his his anger and his lashing out and the murder that was involved there was just all demonic. Um, you, you know, I, I've taught you this. Satan has an agenda. That's in the scriptures. He is he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. So, where, keep this in mind. Wherever you see theft, death, and destruction, you will know demonic activity is operating at some level. It just is. It is because. God's spirit doesn't do that, does it? There's good and there's evil. And, and really, we have, to, we have to look at it that way. Now, I know you're listening to that story. So you're thinking, now, that's not me. That never would be me. And, and probably not. But but I'll tell you, hell is hell-bent on destroying you and destroying others. And he will do everything he can to bring destruction. As I was learning to process this, uh, I, was about, I think it was about 31, 32 years old. And uh, I was serving on the pastoral staff of a large church over in Dallas County at the time. And one of the things I got to do was occasionally drive the guest speakers from one place to another. And, and it always made for really interesting conversation. There was a gentleman who was a pastor, a minister, who was ministering at their church. And, and he, he, had a, he specialized in deliverance ministry. And if I said his name, you guys would, many of you would know who that is. Uh, very very powerful man of God and in the car I remember I was taking him to to this hotel and had this had this talk with him and, and I said well how this is a person who definitely knows more than me <laughs> but I, I said how you know how is it that 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 Christians can still be afflicted by demons and he said everyone I said he, he just said you have some hang ups and you have some issues that you wouldn't want anyone to know about, right? Some just, and, and it assaults your mind. And, and you sometimes are like, well, I'm, yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it. He goes, okay. And then he said this line, and after he said it, it was put into my brain and has stayed there ever since. And he said, none of us, you nor me nor anyone, is as free as Jesus died for us to be. None of us are as free as Jesus died for us to be. There's always more freedom. That's why what I'm sharing with you tonight is not just a one-time thing, but it's something that I encourage you to come back to. Yeah. Now, when Jesus' disciples wanted to be trained in how to pray, he gave them the model prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's one of the best-known scriptures in the Bible. And, uh, and Jesus said, and this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he said, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So he actually gives you an order of how to pray, which is you should worship. Okay, Then he said, your kingdom come. Now, that's a declaration that I want eternity to come. (laughs) We all want that. In other words, come on, bring heaven on. Okay, Then Then the next part of the prayer is this, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, what you're declaring, that's a declaration part of the prayer. We've made some declarations this morning. But that's where you're saying, God, I want you to do what you want to do. I want your agenda to be at the top of the agenda. And then the next part of the Lord's Prayer is give us this day our daily bread. Now, that's where we then move from the declarations to saying, God, I need you. I need you to provide for me. I need for you to meet my needs. And we all understand that, right? And then it goes a little bit further. The prayer says, and forgive us our debts. See how humility is entering in the further we go into this prayer? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And, and that word debt doesn't, doesn't literally mean my, money or financial. What it means is your offenses or how you've sinned against someone. Um, forgive us for our sins. And and God, we're making the choice also. This is important. I'm making the choice also to forgive other people who have sinned against me. Right. Now, see, this is a steps into humility. It starts off with worship, and now you're saying, God, I'm just going to choose to forgive the people who have wronged me, and this one, and this one, and that one, and this one, and that one. And then the very last part, it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The prayer for deliverance is the capstone of this Lord's Prayer. Deliver us from evil. And this is how Christians should pray. That's how we should pray. That's the final line of the Lord's prayer. Deliverance is important for all of us. Uh, In the Old Testament, the Old Testament was types and shadows. And Moses, when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt, that was called the great deliverance. In fact, they were crying out to God, God, deliver us, deliver us, deliver us. And so that's why God appeared to Moses in the desert. And commissioned him and empower him to go. And that, was, that is a picture of what deliverance looks like. So they went head to head with darkness. you know, The, the, uh, the Pharaoh and, and all the evil that was happening there. They went head to head with that darkness. And God's people were delivered. They were set free from bondage and slavery. Hundreds of years of it. And they walked out of there. And God split the Red Sea open. They walked across and got to the other side. That is a miracle story. That's what deliverance looks like. It's just a miracle story. We're free. We're free. But then after that, they spent quite a long time in the desert. You see, they couldn't enter into that promised land until they stayed in the desert. Some things had to happen in them. So the deliverance wasn't just the, the, the event that happens and everything's fine and great. No, they, they had to, a lot of things had to change. Their hearts had to change. They were, they were used to being slaves. They were used to being under control of, of these slave masters. And, and they cried out for deliverance. God delivered them, but now, and now they're free. So now what are you going to do? And so God had to establish his word. That's when the Ten Commandments was giving. That's, that's when the law was given. Uh, God, God taught them how to worship God taught them the principles of generosity. God taught them that miracles happen, and you can pray and ask for miracles. And, and God taught them the, the, the power of community. And, and God taught them about gratitude. And God taught them about lifestyle changes they needed to have. And so God continued to work in them. And even several times, they're like, we just don't like this. Some, some people say, we want to go back into bondage. We want to go back from what we were delivered from. You know, so sometimes there is even that temptation. It's like, I don't know. I think I want to go back there. But that's why you stay with God's people, you stay in the Word, you stay in church, you continue to worship. All these things, you continue to be generous. All these things I'm talking about are so critical, are so, so critical for us, church. They're so, especially now more than ever. Especially now more than ever. They're critical for us. And I'll be candid with you. This isn't being live streamed, but I'm telling being candid with you. The people who have stayed out of church over the past 12 months I've had to deal with some of them, and they are so low, so bound up by darkness. They, they don't even know what to do. And I'm saying, would you just come back to church? Would you just come back to church? And and I'm not putting anyone down, guys. I'm really not. But I'm just saying, I'm watching this stuff happen to person after person. And, and it breaks my heart as a pastor. But I'll also tell you, it is no good to go back into bondage. Amen. It is no good to go back to that bondage. But again, deliverance can happen again, and they can move forward. But you just got to make the decision. You know, it's interesting. When Jesus established his ministry, when he, he was setting up his ministry on this earth, He, uh, it, it's important to know that in the New Testament, no Person, nobody was sent out to evangelize, or like we like to call it, make Jesus known. No one was sent out to make Jesus known and evangelize until they had been commissioned to deal with evil spirits. Do you know that? Not one person was ever sent out until they had been commissioned to deal with evil spirits. That is something the body of Christ is missing today. You know, we say, "Okay, great, get saved now, go make Jesus known." And I, yeah, I'm all into that. But you know what? You also have power over evil spirits. In your home, in your life, in your business, in your community. You do. And I'm gonna teach you tonight just how to recognize some of that. I, I don't I'm not the type of person who wants to see like a demon around every corner and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's just that just that's an overemphasis. In fact, I think I think evil kind of thrives on that sometimes, like they have you wrapped up in all this worrying about evil. No, you actually have the power of God. I have I have I have dealt with I have dealt with demonic encounters from people around here in the community uh, quite often. Uh, Jesus, I can walk down the streets of this, this downtown neighborhood and be confronted with demons. I've had, had, uh, had individuals, so, and I know it's not the person, but it's, it's a demon that's yelling or screaming at me, and they're saying things about me, they're saying things about the church, they're saying things about you, they're saying things about my family. I'm like, okay, that's a demon. I, I just quiet in the name of Jesus. I mean, I, I'm not going to play with that. Yeah. I'm not going to play with that. Like, you don't have no business messing with me. You know, sometimes you've got to work, at, and you guys have that authority too. I remember it was just a, about a year into us starting the church, and we were just here. It was just a few of us, and my family and I had come up here early on a Sunday morning, and I saw an individual walking down the street with a backpack, and, and I could see he about, about two blocks away. He caught my, I, I, I saw something different about him, the way he's walking, and he's, he just started to cross the street, just staring at me, making a beeline, and I just said, okay, this is demonic. In the name of Jesus... Go the other way. You have no business coming on this property. I'm not going to deal with this today. I'm going to have church. And I did. I just, I just said it like that. And the guy, as he was coming toward me, just like, and he, he started walking. He started walking on the opposite side of the street then. So I, I didn't pay any attention to him, I, And then I had to buy something at Walgreens. Because back then, I was the whole Usher crew. I was everything. I think I had to buy some crackers for communion or something like that. That's when we like, would say, okay, you want a saltine for communion? We, uh, we'd make some Kool-Aid. <laughs> you have some Kool-Aid and saltines. Yeah, that was communion. Uh, so it's church planning communion. We had no money. And so I went over there to get something. And, and as soon as I got over there, I, I saw his backpack sitting out in front of the store. I was like, oh, wait, that's that guy's backpack. He's in here. Uh, You know, if I have to have a demon confrontation, whatever, but I really don't want to. And so, really, I'm just thinking, I'm ready to do church. I don't don't want this. And sometimes the enemy will throw distractions in your way. And and, uh, I walked in there, and I said, hey, that backpack out there. I said, is the guy who owns that backpack in here? And the girl said, well, he was. She said, look over there. And I saw these gondolas, the shelves, some shelves in the store totally thrown upside down and turned over with this, 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 this anger and supernatural strength where he came in and just wrought destruction in our Walgreens well right there. They said, yeah, the police finally came and got him and, and an ambulance and they got rid of him. I thought, man, you know, I could have driven the demon out and helped him. But, but, but in reality, guys, this kind of stuff is real. This is very, very real. And it's not just in other people, and yes, it it does happen that way, but demons affect and afflict all of us. None of us are as free as Jesus died for us to be. For example, the 12 disciples, Matthew chapter 10, they were commissioned to deal with demon spirits when they they were going out to to evangelize. The 70, in Luke chapter 10, they were commissioned to go out and deal with demons before, as they were being commissioned to do God's work. The great commission, which is for all believers, Jesus said this right before he went into heaven. In Mark chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 28, that God said, Jesus says, you're to drive out demons. Uh, Philip the evangelist, in Acts chapter 8, commissioned to drive out demons. You see, in fact, one-third of the ministry of Jesus Christ was healing and deliverance. I think it's very important that the body of Christ understand that and not be afraid of it because it's not weird. It's, it's setting people free and it's seeing people healed. That's all there is to it. It's setting people free and healing people. Now, not every time a person is sick is it a demon. <laughs> not, not every time you know, there's a demon, is someone sick. That, but, but the two, we're supposed to lay hands on the sick, we're supposed to cast out demons. We're, we're supposed to do that. Ephesians chapter six verse twelve. I, I I love this passage of scripture because it, it illustrates it very well. It says, "Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people." So going back to the story I told you at the beginning of the individual who shot up these businesses in Atlanta, he saw this struggle he was dealing with with this addiction, which was hell, but. What he did is he took it out on other people. So he made the struggle against flesh and blood and murdered people thinking that was going to get rid of this addiction. And it doesn't work that way. And that's exactly what Paul is saying here. In fact, a lot of times you're fighting with people over something that should be fought in the spirit realm. I'll say it again. Some of you are fighting with people over something that should be fought in the spirit realm. You just need to love. You just need to love. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against. Now, now, Paul lists several different types of darkness, spirits of darkness, spirits from hell, rulers against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So he these are different categories. And I don't, I don't Believe that I have a complete understanding of what all of that means. but there are just different types of, of, of demonic uh, activity, different types of, of demons that do different things. I think there can be spirits that, that, that kind of control an atmosphere, even over a city or a nation or a territory or a neighborhood or a family or, or individuals. And so so I don't understand how it all works, but I do know that there, at the very end of that, Paul says, these are spirits that are in heavenly places, plural. Well, I also know there's a first, second, and third heavens. The first heavens, and, and this is, often we use the word heaven to talk about the castle we're going to live in and, have, and the eternity. And, and yeah, that's, that's heaven, but that's actually called the third heaven. So, so uh, first heaven is where we are right now. We see each other, we touch each other. That's, that's what the Bible refers to as the first heaven. There's a second heaven. Second heaven is the invisible realm. That's the, that's the invisible realm of, of, the, of angels and demons and, and darkness. And if our eyes were ever open to that, we would see that. In fact, even in the Bible, from time to time, people's eyes were opened to see the, the, the angels and the demons that were battling and going, wow, okay. <laughs> I see what's going on here. And so that's, that's what's called the second heavens. It's among us, but we don't see it. And the third heavens is eternity. That's, or that's actually the best way to say that is the throne of God. But it says these spirits operate in heavenly places in the heavens. So, when we pray, it's not necessarily you're going to see. And, and I'm telling you, the vast majority of the, of the way the enemy works through, through demonic activity is not through some person who's going to go and turn over the shelves over at Walgreens or or yell at me and cuss at me. And and I'll, I'll even tell you something today. It's the weirdest thing that happened is this. This happened today. Okay, this is. Can I, I'm just going to tell this story because nobody even knows it yet. I uh, Jordan, I think you do. But but we were getting ready to do the Zoom meeting. For, uh, for our brunch with the pastor. And I turned on my Zoom thing. And the, the things were out. And somebody jumped on there. There were a few people on there. And then somebody jumped on there. And somehow unmuted themselves. These guys couldn't get it set up. They couldn't get it to work on the screens. They couldn't get it to work. And I'm like, it's going to be all right. It's all right. So I right. Don't worry about it. Don't stress over it. And they were trying to make it work so that everybody could see and hear what the people were saying online. And this guy just said, I'm I mean, in an ugly voice, saying the most hideous I'm telling you demonic things to me. And I'm not addressing him back. I'm like, oh, well, I've got to turn this off here because I don't want this guy going out. This is going to freak everybody out here. Uh, maybe not everybody's used to this kind of stuff. And so I'm telling you, it was crazy. It was crazy. But, but I saw, I was like, this is just purely demonic. This is nothing more than an attempt from hell to stop me from what I'm doing right now and get me distracted. So I found, it's like, okay, there's where you hit the mute button, and there's where you hit the report the person button, and he disappears. But in the meantime, while he was saying that, all the people that were on the Zoom meeting just dropped out real quick, and they were all gone. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you, any of y'all were on there, but, but you see, the enemy will do things like that, but most of the time, his actions are not like that. Most of the times, the enemy's actions are very, very subtle, and very, very, uh, kind of un, very much under the radar. Uh, here 's how, here's how spiritual darkness works. Spiritual darkness works this way uh, in lots of different ways, and you can kind of listen, maybe you 've experienced some of this, but there's, like if there 's an enticing, a drawing to something, a harassment, maybe it 's torment, um, in fact, unforgiveness, I believe, opens the door to torment. It could be like a physical torment. Um, uh, some people suffer from arthritis and things like that. That's actually demonic in its origin. It's not. It's not a real physical condition. Uh, mental torment. Uh, some people just even fear of, of fear of going insane. Uh, spiritual torment. Um, a, a lot of people I know have dealt with this fear that they have committed the unforgivable sin. And I've never met a person who's who's done that. But it's just these fears. It's torment. 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 That's demonic. Uh, The enemy will compel, the enemy will will enslave, the enemy will cause addiction, the enemy will defile, the enemy will deceive. In fact, I believe that pride really opens up the door to deception. You become very vulnerable to deception when you are proud. You have it all figured out. And I'm telling you, even with this I'm sharing with you today, I do not have all this figured out. But I'm telling you what I know and what I've experienced. Uh, The enemy, spiritual darkness works to weaken, to make sick, to tired to make tired or to kill, or even a general restlessness in certain areas of life. And, and, and those we, we sometimes just ex- try to explain away. But a lot of times that can be demonic in its origin. Now, how does this happen? How does it affict, uh, afflict you or affect you? Well, one thing that I have discovered, and I found that most, most demonic activity in people's lives is something that happened in their childhood. Or even possibly even before they were born or their young childhood. And and there's 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 something happens there because the child is very, very open. That's why, parents, it is so important that you know where your children are, you know who they're hanging with, and you know who your babysitter is really, really, really well, and have a camera set up or two or three or four. I'm telling you the truth. It's okay to spy on your baby. Are y'all cool with that? Some of y'all look at me like I'm gonna never spy on my babysitter. You better spy on your babysitter. Okay, now that one didn't go over too well. <laughs> I will. You need, to, you need to be watching and protecting, watching and protecting, watching and protecting. I have a vivid memory of, of something that happened to me when I was about four years old. My parents had me staying at a deacon's house in the church while they went to a, to a church meeting for several days. I was there for about a week. And I remember the dad sitting me down, and he said, you love Jesus, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, everybody's supposed to love Jesus, don't they? Yeah. And you're supposed to love everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. He said, do you love the devil? I said, no. He said, the Bible says you are to love everyone. If you don't love the devil, you're disobeying God's word. He started teaching me that. This is a guy who was like a leader in my dad's church. You got to love the devil. Love him. And he was looking at me like, you have to love the devil. And I was just thinking, get me out of here. I'm four years old, but I know that's weird. Daddy's going to smack this guy upside his face when, if he ever finds it. I never told my dad until many years later. But those types of things, you never know what's getting planted into a child or some kind of trauma that a child goes through. A lot of times the, the uh, darkness can be uh, that, that hell can, can find an attachment through occult activity or an occult background. And this, like any type of idolatry, is occult. Uh, it exposes people to demons. Uh, like even personal occult involvement. And, and this could be uh, participating with seances, Ouija boards, fortune tellers, participating in magic. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Never do that. Don't do it. I don't care if it's a cool, scary movie. You just don't need to go and see it. Don't do that. That's actually, you're, you're opening yourself up to evil. It's like, well, I'm strong enough to defend it. It's like, why even mess with it? Why even mess with it? I believe there can even be prenatal uh, experiences such as, I've heard of this, I've seen this many times, mothers hating children. Like, I don't want to have this child. I hate this child. I hate this child. I don't want to have this child. And then that child deals with affliction throughout their life. And you're driving a demon out even that could be horrible. And say, yeah, I I came because the mother hated this baby. And so here I am. Fear. Uh, Also like, I'd have to call it like soulish domination. It could be like uh, another person in your life that dominates you, where you are so controlled and you're so dominated by another person, you have no freedoms, you have no elbow room. That's demonic. Uh, like there, it could even be like a, a mother dominating her children. Uh, it could be pressures that happened in early childhood, such as disharmony and strife between parents. And it exposes a child to demonic influences. Uh, in fact, I, I would have to say, for according to what people who are even more experienced than me, that I'd have to agree with them that most demonic problems really start before the age of five. Um, Maybe it's a, a moment or a place of weakness, emotional weakness, of physical weakness, sinful acts and habits, and that all engages the demonic. And then and then what happens is is it's, it's like I think the, the best way I've ever heard it described, it's like Satan puts a hook in you. You know, you've, you've been fishing before, right? And, and you fish with a hook unless you fish with a net. But I don't fish with a net, I fish with a hook. So you fish with a hook and there's that hook put in you. Well, like when you're fishing, that A hook goes in the fish's mouth. The fish don't know it. But when you're ready to pull, when you're ready to pull, well, it knows. It knows that something's wrong, and it loses its own ability to withstand that. And that's kind of how the enemy works. He'll put a hook in you, a hook here, a hook there, a hook there, and all that demonic activity. And then at the right moment or at the weakest moment, the enemy will just pull on that. And wow. Then you're starting to do things you don't want to do. You feel the things you don't want to feel, and, and you you deal with uh, maybe it could be physical or emotional, relational, and, and things are happening. You're like, this, why is this happening? And it could just simply be a hook. It could could simply be a hook from the enemy. It could be the devil. So how do you how do you get delivered? Well, the way to be delivered is to be humble. Uh, we saw that in the Lord's Prayer already. You need to be honest. You need to confess your faith in Christ. We already did that just a moment ago. We prayed a prayer of confession. You also need to confess any any known sin uh, that that maybe may have even happened in your in in your past from ancestors because because the, there can be sins from the past that can that can have a hold on you and you didn't ever commit the sin. It, that's not going to send you to hell or anything. But I'm just saying it can have a have a hold on you. Can have an influence on you. Uh, repent of all of your sins. If if you've had a cult, uh, any any dealings with the occult, you need to break uh, any kind of uh, connection with the occult and curses, secret societies, get out. Do not participate in that kind of stuff. And, And if you even have something in your home that is connected to any of that, you need to get it out of your home. You need to destroy it. You need to destroy it. Even as a child, and, and I, I'm the type of person, I think like the enemy has really tried chasing me all my life. And actually, he's tried chasing He's chased all of you. But I was, I was sharing this with my wife. I've shared it several times. But as a child, I, uh, there, there was this haunting that was in my bedroom. And I was a probably three years old. In fact, I know I was three. But it was a haunting in my bedroom. And it was very real. And I can remember it today just as clear as I can when I was three years old. But... My mom had these nur- nursery rhyme figures up on the wall. Does anyone know what nursery rhymes are? I think you have to be 40 or above to know what a nursery rhyme <laughs> is. But I had all these. And one was called Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a group. Well, and I, I remember clearly to this day, whenever my parents would leave and they would close the door, the Humpty Dumpty began to glow and his eyes began to move. And he'd look around and move. And, and I would call my parents in, and, and, and the moment they would open the door, it would go back to normal. This happened over and over and over, night after night after night. Some nights it didn't happen. Some other nights it did. It would keep me up, and, I would, uh, and, and like they would come in and pray with me. And, and they would say, look, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, yeah, now there's nothing wrong with it, but you should have been here two minutes ago, Mom, Dad. And, and, but it was, this, it was this haunting that was there. So my, my dad said, this is demonic. And we're going to deal with this. So we took it out of the house, and we had a ceremony. We burned it along with all the other figures that were on the wall. My poor parents, you know, they bought that thinking they were decorating their little kid's room. And, and, uh, but we took it out, and we burned it. I participated in the burning it, but it, would, it take, took forever. It took forever for the Humpty Dumpty to burn the other burns real quick, but it just took forever. He said, we're going to stay here till this burns because this evil's going to be gone from our house. So I didn't participate in it. I didn't engage with it, but it was trying to pull me in. You see, it's trying to pull me in through a spirit of fear. And so what we did, you got rid of the thing that's associated with that. Some of you, have things in your house that, that may be occult-oriented, uh, things that you may have even picked up in a foreign country, this cool little idol. Yeah, this is a cool little Buddha. No, it's not a cool little Buddha. Those, those things are worship. Those are idols, and that is occult, and those are things we need to, to get out of our lives. So, and then you just you know, walk through your house and pray, God, show me what I need to get rid of. And, uh, and I have known of people that we call the house cleansing. I know of people who have actually cleansed their homes like that. And, and, and then, then they have been set free of oppressions that were in their home. Uh, one, one family in particular, they were, they were constantly dealing with sickness. It was just a revolving door of sickness in their house. And, and God gave, gave me a word to them. This is about 25 years ago. Like, have you gone through your house and cleaned out anything that might be evil? It's like, oh, no, there's nothing. Come on, we're Christians. Yeah, yeah, I am too. But just let's go through. And they just said, you know what? This might be, this might be. Took the stuff out, got rid of it, got it off the property, didn't just put it in the trash can, got it off the property, threw it in the river. <laughs> it's a fun thing to do. And, uh, <laughs> and then they were free. We prayed a prayer. They were liberated. They were free. They were healthy. They're, they're just like everything was back to normal the enemy can do a lot of things like that so you need to break with the occult and curses and secret societies forgiveness of other people is paramount because just as the lord's prayer goes god's not going to work with you if you don't forgive other people forgiveness is central to the gospel and then you just expel you tell in jesus name you got to go you got to go now, here's what, here's what we're going to do tonight. Something real simple, and this is not spooky or anything. This is not spooky. But I want to walk you through some steps of deliverance tonight. Real simple. We're going to worship. In fact, worship team, come on up. We're going to worship. We're just going to worship, and, and you can stand or sit. No one's going to, you know, uh, I don't care whether you stand or sit right now. Uh, but but we're, I, I just want to worship. I just want you to worship, so engage the presence of God. And then as soon as we sing, we're going to do two things. Here's the agenda the rest of the night. <laughs> we 're going to pray, and it 's just going to be a prayer that will take us through steps of deliverance and Then the next thing we will do is we 're going to uh, you know we 're going to talk to God and we 're going to address the enemy and say, "Come on, get your hands off me now and I believe that God will show you different areas that uh, that need to be repented of, and some of you may not want to say it out loud, some of you may want to move away from where you are and just be all alone, and that 's fine that 's fine. you can whisper it but but this we're, we're going to pray through this. We're going to renounce the enemy, and then we're going to come back and worship again. Because I believe, if we've been praying over this for a while, okay, I believe that there's going to be a spirit of freedom in here. We're going to worship God one more time, and then I'm going to teach you very quickly. It'll be a five minute teaching on just eight things you need to do to keep the enemy at bay. Because he'll, he'll, you know, it's like, well, the enemy said, "I I want to go back. You know, why did you throw me out? I want to go back." eight eight simple things you can do to keep the enemy at bay. We're going to worship a little bit more and we're going to dismiss you. Sound good? Let's do this. Let's do this. And and, uh, I'm excited for what God's going to do because none of us are as free as Jesus died for us to be. And I need for you to know this. I'm not doing this just doing this to you. I'm not just doing this for you. I'm doing it for us. Because when I do this, I experience freedom as well. I do. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Let's just worship God. Just right where you are, lead us in worship, guys.
1: I just wanted to say that when we begin to pray, if there is something specific that you feel like you want us to lay hands on you for, um, please come and, and, and yes. let us do that.
0: In fact, we're going to do that do that near the end. So I, uh, after the prayers and everything, we're going to open it up for prayers at the front. So thank you for reminding me of
1: and that. And we can just, we'll ask you, you know, what, is, yeah. what are you, you know, wanting to be set free of? Yeah, and, and then, even for healing, too. And healing also. Yes. And I know that sometimes um, when we've done these kinds of things, we've seen people um, react in this kinds of way of just worship or quiet or sometimes um, coughing or sneezing or burping or they might have you might feel like you have to throw up you can you know run over there but just sometimes might, we see that
0: it's because um, your physical express, body your, your yeah, physical body is being freed yeah, of it yeah. and so it's the hook coming out
1: but if you have to cough don't feel like it's we're like, oh, okay. They're coughing because they're getting set free. But um, I just want you to know that just to be aware, if you're feeling something, and to, and release it with the by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, Amen.
0: Thank you, thank you, Rebecca. You can take that microphone back. Let's worship Jesus. Come on.
1: You tell mountains they
2: must fall, and they fall. You tell oceans to be still in their calm. You tell sickness.
0: Play in the background, and singers, you don't need to sing right now, but just keep some music going here. Just, I'm going to ask you to pray these words with me. And if we come to something that's sensitive that you don't want to, like other people to hear, you're right. You can just whisper it, okay? You just whisper it oh, mind, God, God, I'll hear you. Just pray this with me, Jesus Christ. I affirm that you are the Son of God and the only door to eternal life. I acknowledge that you died for my sins on the cross 2,000 years ago. And you rose from the dead from the power of the Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit is greater than all the powers and has already defeated Satan and his demons on the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus, I renounce all arrogance, self-sufficiency, and pride. That was the downfall of Satan, and I have nothing to do with it. You are my hiding place. Jesus, I confess my sins. And I'm going to say especially, and I want you to confess specific sins to God right now just specific sins, just whatever it is especially just one, two, three maybe several just sins just confess them to God right now thank you God thank you God next Jesus, say this with me Jesus, I confess all my omissions those are things that you have not done that you're supposed to do, alright Confess all my omissions. Say it again. I confess all my omissions, especially, and then just tell God what it is that you have omitted, things that you have left out that you know you're supposed to be doing. Confess it before you, God. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God. God will show you. God will just show you. Say this now, I also say, I confess the sins of my ancestors. And then, and, and then, but I want you to confess specific things, and God may even drop things in your heart that you didn't even know about, but it's okay. Just to confess it, because you don't know everything that's been involved that could have an impact on your life, especially these sins of my ancestors. And just begin to confess before God right now. We're breaking the power of hell from the past. i pray this, Jesus, I apologize for all my sins and all my omissions, which I have now stated. I will try with your help and the help of others not to repeat these sins. If I slip and fall, I will try to confess it immediately and turn to you for help. With your help... I will refuse temptation and negative attitudes and especially rejection. With your help, I will obey the wisdom that flows from my doctor, my spouse, my pastor, my employer, and I will not obey my own negative feelings and thoughts. With your help, I will be the friend that other people want and need in my life. With your help, I will establish healthy routines in my life. Jesus, I forgive everyone, whether they deserve it or not, because you forgave me and you held nothing back. I now especially forgive and list people that you need to forgive. Maybe an individual, people, come on, just harm Resentment. Abuse. Whatever it was. Rejection. Forgive him. Forgive him. This is powerful right here. You've got to forgive him. Forgive, 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 forgive. Jesus, as you bring to my attention any occult activity, situation, or object that displeases you, I will repent and I will sever my relationship with it, even if it's something valuable. Jesus, thank you for becoming a curse on the cross for me so that I can be free from all curses that are due to my own sins or the sins of my ancestors Jesus I take my stand in your name Jesus against all the forces of hell I trust that you will deal with any evil spirits and that you will take care of me come on declare this with me I will resist the devil and he will flee from me in Jesus name jesus name come on just lift your hands and worship the lord i want to sing that chorus again come on let's sing it now Forces. I want you to just address this. Just say these words after me. I speak to you that has control over me, all the things from the kingdom of darkness, and I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command you to go quietly. Leave me now. I am under the feet of Jesus. I expel you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you never to return. Take authority. all right? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I close all gates. I close all doors that allowed your entry. Jesus, I adore you. And I praise you for deliverance from a spirit of you fill in the blank. Come on, you just tell us. Thank God, thank you. Maybe it's various things. God, thank you for deliverance from the spirit of whatever. It could be, it could be pain. It could be a, it could be abuse. It could be, it could be sickness. It could be malnutrition. Uh, it, it could be even depression. It could be, uh, it, it could be sexual uh, diversions. It, I don't know what it is, but you, you are, you are expelling it and it is gone in Jesus' name. We're praising God that you are delivered. Now just lift your hands and pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill the empty spots vacated by spirits of darkness that have departed. So that when they try to come back, there will be no place for them. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, my Lord. My heart is full of joy. My heart is full of gratefulness. Now I want us to worship again. Come on and just receive a filling from God. Come on. complete how to keep your deliverance how to keep your deliverance and uh, you need to come back to the podcast to listen to this later you can but uh, I have I have eight things I believe there's eight first of all is make Jesus Christ the Lord of every area of your life just every area of your life you're the Lord of it it's your business it could be you know, everything he's the Lord of your life make him the Lord of your life every area number two is to be a worshiper. Put on the garment of praise. When church starts, be here for the worship segment. It's not just the warm-up time. It's not the time to come in and, okay, no, 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 it is. It, like I shared this morning, when people worship, <laughs> Paul and Silas, I mean, chains fell off of people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, be a worshiper. I, you can't. You, you have to be a worshiper. Another one is to put on the full armor of God. A t- now, I I did a little teaser talk on this a couple weeks ago about the helmet of salvation. You can go back and get that from a Sunday morning message. Knowing that I was going to be speaking on this, I gave you the little teaser up there, but that is about about the armor of God. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 17 talks about the armor of God. You need to be, be have spiritual armor on you, all right? The fourth one is live by the word of God. Just live by it. So you're, you're going to believe it, you're going to live by it. You're, like What it says I'm going to do. Number five is submit to God and resist Satan. James 4, 7, submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. That's a good one to memorize, okay? Submit to God and resist Satan. Now, sometimes people will resist Satan, but they're not submitting to God. Well, well, he's not going to flee from you because you're not submitted to God. Submit to God, resist the devil. The next one is to cultivate right fellowship. You need to be hanging around the right people, okay? You need to be hanging around the right people um, because the enemy will find his way back in through relationships that are that are not appropriate. They're just not the right people, and you know those relationships pull you in the wrong direction. You know that. You know that. Now that's now you got to see it. That is the enemy that's doing that. You're not against them, you're against what the enemy is doing, okay? Number seven, come under discipline. Just come under discipline, and that's, that is from others. Let others discipline you. Let others speak into your life. Those who have spiritual authority in your life and, and, uh, and you know, children in the home, come under discipline as you live in that home. That's, that is a, uh, that's, that's a place of protection. That's a place of protection. Come under discipline, even on the job. You may not like your boss, but come under the discipline of your boss. Come under the discipline of your pastor. And I'm, I'm pretty easy, you know, just, but I'm just saying, just don't sin. Just, just do the things, the simple things that we say to do. I had someone the other day, says, oh, I read something the other day that we should obey our pastors. And I just don't agree with that. I'm like, well, I don't know. I've just preached the Bible. If you don't want to obey that, then you've got problems, dude. That relationship, that, that conversation did happen one week ago. And that next one I, I have interesting conversations, guys. If you, you, My my world is not boring. Number eight, this is it. Make Jesus central. Just make Him central. Keep Him at the center of everything. Keep Him at the center of everything. And, and then the final one, so there are nine here. Uh, stay full of the Holy Spirit. Just remain full of the Holy Spirit. Say, God, fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. And you'll find that overflow coming through worship and praise, and that gives you power to resist the enemy, and power to stand up against hell. And Please understand this. What I teach, I I would say about 80% of what I teach on Sunday mornings, these are the techniques that you need to have to build into your life to stay free. That's really what I'm teaching you on Sunday mornings. It is. I'm I'm teaching you the techniques and the spiritual and how to take spiritual authority over things uh, so that you you can stay free because deliverance is a small part of it. But staying free is, remember, deliverance just was like walking over the Red Sea. For God's people. But then they spent 40 years in the desert learning how to stay free. It's beautiful. I just want to tell you, God has worked some miracles in this room. Here. Some of you, you God's given you revelation on things that you're gonna to have to do. Some of you gonna to need to write it down. Listen to this sermon again. But uh, God's given you revelation, but God has also the, the better thing is God's set people free. God said set for free. I mean, there have been some very clear deliverances of God in this room tonight. So, awesome, awesome, awesome. What a blessing. What a blessing tonight. Now, I know we have another song prepared, but I, I want to do it, okay? We're, we're, gonna, we're not going to do it. I just, I don't want to sing one more song. I, we've been worshiping tonight. I just want you, I want to just speak the blessing. I want to speak this pastoral blessing over you. So, Will you, can I do that? Yes. All right. Receive this now. God bless you and keep you, okay? That, that's good. Because that, what does it mean for him to keep you? That means he's protecting you from hell. <laughs> Do you realize that's what we say every time? God bless you and keep you. And then what's the next part? God smile on you. That means he likes you and gift you. That means he's going to take care of your needs. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. And we do this, thanks for the cue, to make Jesus known, all right? Do it. Remember, you have the power of God in you to drive out demons. You are commissioned to do so. That comes with the Great Commission, all right? God bless you. I love you, church. Have a good night. I'll see you guys next Sunday, all right? Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality or education head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today